Here's Elliott side by side down the back stretch. Chastain in turn one drives it in deep to the bottom. Problems along the front stretch. Kyle Larson gets sideways. He's young. He's informed. He's J.C. Fickenshire. And it's time now to raise the door on J.C.'s Garage. Welcome back to J.C.'s Garage. I'm J.C. Fickenshire, joined by David Stiles. Denny Hamlin gets his first win of 2023 uh, at Kansas Raceway, beating out Kyle Larson and chasing him down in the final couple laps. A uh, uh, One of the better races of the year. Uh, I think that's what we expected from Kansas. Kansas is a track that has really come into its own in the past couple years. Um, it's It's been really racy, multiple grooves. And uh, we 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 saw that this weekend. Um, I thought the racing was great. I was really entertained by the racing. Um, the battle between Denny Hamlin and and Kyle Larson was pretty good. The, there's a little controversy between what Denny Hamlin, how his way of passing Kyle Larson, how it went. But I, I think it wasn't really you. It was a racing incident. I mean, when you're racing for the for the win in the final couple laps, and uh, the the incident happened coming out of turn two on the last lap. Kyle Larson was fighting a loose car the most of the end of the race. He had a a pretty good lead on Denny Hamlin, but Denny Hamlin was able to catch up to Kyle Larson. And uh, coming out of turn two, Denny Hamlin was right on Kyle Larson's bumper pretty much the whole corner. And uh, Kyle Larson got a little bit loose. Denny Hamlin was right there, and uh, Kyle Larson had to lift. Denny Hamlin got right on his bumper and ended up uh, sending Kyle Larson into the wall. He was able to save it, and, and Kyle Larson ended up coming home second, um, but Denny Hamlin gets his first win of the year. Toyotas were very strong. Um, not all of them finished in the top 10 because Christopher Bell and Ty Gibbs ended up wrecking out, but uh, other than that, I thought it was a great Kansas race. What did you think, David? I think Kansas produces probably one of the best races of the year after this past weekend. Multiple grooves, high speed. Uh, I mean, you had everything that you could ask for. Passes yeah. for the lead, and when Hamlin got into the back of Larson at the end of this race, it was funny because he actually went right. You would think that he would have turned down in front of Denny from the way that he hit that left quarter panel, yeah. but it actually sent him to the right. And Larson in his uh, post-race interview said, I was not expecting to go that direction. He says, when he hit me and I went right, it threw me off guard and I was having to recorrect. And he says, I, I was trying to stay out of the wall and, you know, he, he just got away from him. So Hamlin won. He needed a win. Toyota needed a win. Um, I think we said last week on the show that we thought the Toyotas would be very strong. And, you know, Denny came through and got a, a pretty solid victory. And then we had some Toyotas in the top 10. I mean, Bubba Wallace finished in fourth, Truex eighth, uh, Tyler Reddick ninth. So, Three out of those six Toyotas up there in the top ten, which was a, a pretty good showing for the uh, JGR Club and twenty three eleven. Yeah, and and just because four of them finished in the top ten at the end of the race really doesn't show what the Toyotas were able to do in this race. I'd say about middle of the race, the Chevys were able to catch back up to them, but at the end of stage one, the Toyotas finished first, second, third, fourth, sixth, and seventh. That's all the Toyotas in the field, all inside the top seven. The only uh, non-Toyota that was in that was Daniel Suarez in fifth. So, I mean, coming into this race, we expected the Toyotas to do well. Um, without the wrecks with Ty Gibbs and Christopher Bell, I think they'd be right around the top 10. Um, I don't know if they would have sweeped the top 10 like they did last year, but still the Toyotas showed that they were fast and, uh, and, and 
pretty dominant in the race. Um, the the Hendrick cars were were solid uh, with William Byron and Kyle Larson, but uh, Chase Elliott was was in the mix for a little bit of the day. Um, but the Fords really, I, I thought Kansas would be a shot for them to catch back up. They've lacked speed throughout the whole the uh, whole season. I feel like Kansas, these intermediate tracks, one and a half milers, have been able for for all manufacturers to get a shot at it. But again, just the Fords didn't really play out very well. Joey Logano, the lone Ford in the top 10, he finished six. Um, but yeah, the Fords just struggling to keep up with Toyota and, and Chevy. Um, but as we go through the season, we'll see if they're able to catch up. Um, but there's a little bit to talk about with Noah Gregson and Ross Chastain. I want to get your thoughts on that too, David, because that, that was a big thing. I mentioned this is Alexis Erickson, Alexis Erickson at the beginning of the week on before fast talk. And, uh, you know, Ross Chastain is a farm boy, eighth generation watermelon farmer. And I don't think I'd want to pick a fight with him. I mean, <laughs> I, my best friend in high school was a farmer, uh, third generation. And there's just something about farm boy strength. You don't mess with it. And I get it. Noah felt like Ross for two weekends in a row has kind of hampered his ability to drive his race car effectively but in ross's defense he left him a good lane on the top and the incident we're talking about was about 60 laps left to go in the race at kansas and gregson is racing on the outside ross is to his inside and then there's another car below ross in the bottom lane so ross is in the middle groove mm -hmm. coming uh what is it out of turn, out of turn three four. I think uh, it was turn four. Yeah. Four, yeah. Three. It's through three and four. Yeah. And Ross left him uh, a good amount of room up there, a whole lane, a whole lane to race with. And I mm -hmm. think it's just important to remember the aerodynamics of the, of the car that when you get into this, you know, these aero pockets where the air is starting to flow off the cars differently, that it gets those cars loose. And what happened from how I've heard Ross explain it on a couple of different interviews is that they went out of turn four and he could feel the air kind of shifting a little bit and it got Noah loose. And then he ended up tagging the outside of the wall. Gregson to his point said that, well, Ross came up the racetrack and then I, you know, had to drive up there, but he could have lifted. I mean, there were so many things that Noah could have done maybe just a little bit differently, but also Ross could have done maybe a little bit differently, but it's just one of those racing deals. That stuff was happening all afternoon and it, it's not really anybody's fault. Apparently Noah didn't really like it confronted him after the race ross gave him two fair warnings and then pretty good right hook to the face i don't think i would want to pick a fight with ross chastain he's got that farm boy strength and uh he he laid a pretty solid right hook onto that mm -hmm. chin of noah gregson but I, I love it i think it's part of the sport i think we need a little bit more of that we need guys to not get along so well and it, it creates a little bit of drama I mean, I don't want them to fight every time we get a chance to fight, but I, I think there needs to be a little animosity between our competitors. You don't want to see a fight, but again, it's it's just like in the hockey world. As a hockey fan growing up playing hockey, uh, it's it's part of the game. And we see it in NASCAR every once in a while, drivers showing their emotions after the race, and that's what you want to see. You want to see drivers showing that they care about what they're doing. And... On Ross Chastain's side of, of this incident, I feel like he's in a situation now that his name, if if he's in a shot, if you are like they're filming the race and he's in, you can see his car somewhere in the frame and there's a wreck, 
people are just going to blame him for it because he's in the frame. I feel like Ross Chastain has just been put into this space just over the last year. Um, it's if he's close to an incident, they're they're going to blame it for uh, on him. And uh, it's like this incident. It, it really, in my opinion, wasn't. Ross Chastain's fault. I, it's another racing incident. When you're put three wide and you have a guy in the middle and another guy wrapping the wall on the outside, it's not an easy situation to keep those cars from hitting each other or hitting the wall or spinning out or losing control. It's it's just a racing incident. And it, no, Gregson, he can he can act that way if he felt like Ross Chastain intentionally did it. But just looking at it uh, from what we saw on TV, it didn't really look like Ross Chastain did much. He he got a little bit tight and the air was moving around him, but that's racing. I mean, Ross Chastain gave him the lane on the high side. He let him have the lane on exit, but it, it just disturbed Noah Gregson's car. But going off of this, Ross Chastain has been pretty consistent the last couple of weeks. If he can clean him, his area... He's still around, leading the points, by yeah, the way. Still I mean, leading, leading points. points. He's finishing in the top five consistently. If he can just keep a bubble around him where nothing happens in the race, just a, like he can't see anything in the entire race that happens around him. Because now at this point in Ross Chastain's career, where we're sitting at now, I think if if he hits a car, if he makes contact with a car, and 30 laps later, that car ends up getting wrecked. It's just going to go back to Ross Chastain. Ross Chastain's in a situation now that he's trying to clear his name up and settle the water around him, but it's it's hard for him to do that because of the past year, the way he races, it's, he has an aggressive mentality, and that's his style of racing, and, and the drivers around him don't like that, but, I mean, if he if he takes that and, and says that's how he's going to race, I'm, I'm all for it. That's his style of racing. If he says he's going to do it, then he can do it. That's that's my opinion on it. Well, my thing is, if you look back at all these different incidents, every time someone feels like they've been wronged by Chastain, and then they go and try to get retribution, something ends up happening to them. I mean, look at what happened to Denny Hamlin at the beginning of the season. He thought that Ross had wronged him. He tried to take it out on the track. Then he goes on his podcast and admits that he did it on purpose, and then he gets fined. And it's been like that for Ross's whole career. I feel like somebody feels like he's wronged them. They go to get retaliation, and then it backfires. So regardless of how they feel or what they do, it's kind of like karma comes back to yeah. bite them in the butt. And it, to me, it's it's just poetic justice. And at the end of all of this, I kind of feel like Noah was egged on a little bit because at the end of the videos if you watch kind of all the social media videos and all the things that people have posted after they break them up and gregson is walking away he passes chase elliott and you hear elliott say kind of offhandedly and if you're not really paying attention it, it you don't really think of it but he says well it's about time somebody stood up to him but he but gregson just got punched in the face like it didn't work so it's kind of like all the other drivers are like well you should go do that you should get in his face and see what happens. But I think we also have to remember that Chastain has been in two other fights in NASCAR sanctioned, or excuse me, one other fight. This is the second one that he's been in, in a NASCAR uh, sanctioned event. And the other one was between him and Jeremy Clements, and he blacked Jeremy Clements' eye, and he had to race the rest of the race with a black eye. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it, they can't win for losing. So if it were me, 
I would just be like, look, he's going to be aggressive. That's how he is. I'm going to race him the same exact way. And at the end of the day, if I have a problem, I'm going to go over and keep my hands to myself. We'll have a verbal discussion about it. And there may be a little bit of pushing. There may be a little bit of shouting, but I'm not going to grab a hold of this dude and try to knock him out because like he, I've heard him in a couple different interviews. He says, I'm not out here to start fights. I'm not out here to throw the first punch, but I gave him clear warning to let go of me. He did not. And so I decked him. And I mean, that's to me, that's perfectly fair. You've got to protect yourself in that situation. And I mean, if you're not the instigator, I mean, you, you know, I've all, I've always heard don't start the fight, but you better finish it. So I don't know if that's right or not, but that's, that's technically what he did, but you know, and then a little bit of me kind of wanted Noah to throw a punch back to at least see if that one punch would have connected. But the the big dude in the olive shirt, he he grabbed that arm and did not let it go through. But it, I think if that would have connected, that would have been a a pretty nasty haymaker. I mean, I want to get your opinion just from the stuff that you've experienced from hockey and all that kind of stuff. What do you think? Well, when I played hockey, I was still uh, I was I stopped playing hockey when I was around ten years old, so I didn't get into that. Like, like when you started to to hit people or you'd get into fights. But my brother still plays hockey, and from watching, he's a scrapper. And uh, watching some of his stuff, he's a little bit smaller. So, for instance, I'm five nine, probably like one sixty five. He's probably like I think he's like one seventy, same height, but he's he's got some muscle. And being a smaller kid on a hockey rink, people think when when they mess with him, nothing's gonna come of it. But he'll, he's not one to mess with. Like, you, you don't mess, he's underestimate, you can underestimate him really easily. Um, but from hockey standpoint, like, fights always play out. Even at, at his age, he's 17, uh, turns 18 this year. But in high school hockey games, if they start fighting, it's going to play out. And we know Noah Gregson's a little bit of a scrapper. We've seen it with him. Uh, I remember Las Vegas, Daniel Hemrick and, and Noah Gregson. That fight didn't really turn out to be much because um, both drivers missed uh, their their punches. But Noah Gregson, I think you got to give him a little bit of credit for standing up um, physically to Ross Chastain. Like, we've seen Ross Chastain get in messes with Denny Hamlin, Martin Truex, Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott. There's there's a plethora of drivers you can you can say. But all, all four of those drivers that I just mentioned – you could say they're veterans. Chase Elliott's a little bit young, but all of them are very good racers. I mean, he's a champion, a so. Champion. Uh, the three of them are champions. Denny Hamlin won the Daytona 500 three times. Like, very good racers. None of those drivers stood up to Kyle Larson face-to-face. Or, not Kyle Larson, stood up to Ross Chastain face-to-face. For a rookie, Noah Gregson, to stand up to Ross Chastain, you got to give him a little bit of credit for for going out of the race car, finding Ross Chastain, and and standing up to him because nobody else has done it. Chase Elliott, like you mentioned, David, um, told Noah Gregson that somebody's going to do it. We've seen stuff between Ross Chastain and Chase Elliott, and all you see after it is, is a social media battle. So for for I'm giving credit to Noah Gregson for standing up for himself, for, for what he thought was right, and actually confronting Ross Chastain face-to-face. I'm, that's what you want to see from a racer. I agree. And, and I want to be clear. I don't want to see people fighting. That's not what I'm advocating for. I don't want to see a fist fight after every race. I feel like then it wouldn't mean anything. It would, it's, it's kind of like, you know, a gimmick. Like if you do the same thing all the time, 
then it's not, it doesn't have as much meaning. Mm -hmm. But I do think that if there are issues and you go to settle them man to man and it turns into a fight, then it's perfectly fine. And they didn't let it get out of hand and nobody got hurt. And I think it was handled the proper way. But moving into Darlington, Chastain was really good there last year and he slipped up coming out of a turn to getting ready to go down the back stretch and hit a little piece of asphalt and ended up crashing his car. He'd been running the top 10 all day. Well, we know Eric Jones, who who won the fall race for Legacy Motor Club, he's very good at Darlington, uh, has four wins in his career, and I think three of them are from Darlington, which is pretty impressive for a track as hard as Darlington. Um, but I think it's a stretch to say that Legacy is going to be competitive. They just haven't shown really anything at all this year. Um, I think the the players that we've really seen play out the last couple weeks, I think they're they're going to be the ones to watch. Obviously, Joey Logano, you can put in that conversation for winning the spring race at Darlington last year. He's always going to be good there. If you give him a car that's remotely fast, he's going to be good at any track. So I think you can you can say he's going to be in the mix, but. Kyle Larson, Ross Chastain, William Byron, I think all three of them will be very solid. Could see a couple Toyotas like Denny Hamlin, Tyler Reddick could be solid there. I, I think Darlington is another track that we could have some interesting players. It's a very, very unique track and in a weird, nothing really similar to Darlington. So we could see some some teams show up and and kind of sneak around, but I think it's going to be the same kind of players. We know Kyle Larson's really good at Darlington and that style of track. It's it's easy to say Ross Chastain could be good there. It's easy to say William Byron, the way his year is gone, could, could do good. Tyler Reddick's got that style too, like Kyle Larson. But a real underdog that we've talked about a, a lot this year, having a career year, I think Ricky Stenhouse Jr. could be solid at Darlington. If they give him a fast car, being a, a dirt track-backed driver, uh, we know Darlington's very slick, and it takes that kind of style to get around there fast. I think Ricky Stenhouse could do solid at Darlington. I like that. And again, Darlington is a driver's track. If you're a good driver, you typically excel at this particular racetrack. And so, you know, looking at it, I think, Chastain was just a little bit overly aggressive last year, but he had a very fast car. And Trackhouse has been supplying both the 1 and the 99 with great equipment all year long. They just haven't gotten to victory lane yet. So I kind of watch out for them. If I were picking my fantasy lineup this weekend, I think uh, both of those cars should be pretty solid. Um, you can't bet against William Byron. He was very good there last year in the spring race. He's been very, very good here in the early uh, half of this you know, season. We're about 12 races in, so we're about halfway through the regular season. Um, to me, I'm, I, I'm you're going to be hard-pressed to pick a Ford, I think, this weekend. I think the Chevys will probably be very good, and then you've got a couple of drivers in that Toyota camp that are very, very solid at running this racetrack. Truex is very good there. I know Denny Hamlin, for a couple of years, had a second-place average finish in the Xfinity Series at Darlington, which is absolutely insane. So he either won the race or finished in second. So he's very good at Darlington as well. Um, it's just it's one of those things where someone will bobble, make a little bit of a mistake, and then they'll slap the outside wall and... They'll get their Darlington stripe, and then it may affect their day 
uh, negatively, and then it kind of puts them behind the eight ball for the rest of the race. But someone else that I think that we should, you know, just mention Austin Dillon. He has the proclivity to win big races, and he's pretty decent at this track. So if you're, you know, looking for a little bit of lineup information, I think if you pick uh, either one of the RCR cars, either the three or the eight, those will be solid. Uh, William Byron will probably be pretty good. And then I like your Stenhouse pick for kind of someone to keep in, in the garage or maybe move into that lineup as well. So I like all of that. It's just a very interesting racetrack anyway. And it's a lot of fun. If you haven't been out there, I, I suggest go. It's, it's only a, you know, a, what, an hour and a half outside of Charlotte, maybe. So yeah. you just head down that way and it's a lot of fun. It's a great facility and uh, they have the they have the museum there. You can go and see that. So I actually went to this race last year with my father-in-law and we had a great time. We're a ton of uh, throwback Terry Labonte stuff and it, it was great. I had all of my green and yellow and white on big old number five. So um, that was my favorite driver growing up. So it was a lot of fun and, and a lot of people for this weekend, because it is throwback weekend, they'll wear a lot of throwback stuff. And it's just, it's one of those just cool weekends, I think in the NASCAR year, just to go and, and see a different paint schemes and bring back some paint schemes and just have a great time at the racetrack. Yeah. And you got to give some credit to NASCAR for, for planning the schedule out like this, where we're going to have Darlington and North Wilkesboro back to back. I think that's an awesome little stretch there. Um, having two of the most historic tracks in uh, American racing history back to back. We're going to see North Wilkesboro for the first time with the all-star race and uh, the Southern 500 where you get to see all the old throwback paint schemes come into play. I, I love this weekend um, just seeing all the throwback paint schemes, a great track, very good racing. And the racing with the Xfinity series cars here, is just incredible. That's that's one of my favorite races of the year to watch is the Xfinity Series at Darlington. The finishes are just so good. Um, watching three car battles go to the end, and um, yeah, I, I just really like this weekend. We got another racy track, a very fun track that provides good racing. Uh, so I think to add to this, what is your favorite throwback paint scheme that is going to be oh, run man. at Darlington this weekend? There's a, there's a few that I really, really like. I think the, um, the number nine, the one that chase is going to run that's red is a throwback to his, uh, to his dad's paint scheme when he was running a Dodge. I think that one's really cool. Um, I also like the 24 paint scheme, that gold, uh, kind of throwback DuPont, uh, scheme. Like and, and he's got the, yeah. uh, the city shiver there on the side. I think that one's really cool. But I think my favorite, because this reminds me of when I was a kid, I think I'm going to have to go with Harrison Burton's car. I like that 21 Dex machine. I, I, I like I the agree. colors with the purple and the silver and the black. It, it's just a good looking race car. And to me, I like this will being a Labonte fan. You'll understand why I'm why I'm this way. When I'm watching a race, I want to be able to pick my driver out when they're <laughs> furthest away from me. I want to know exactly where that car is. With mm -hmm. Terry Labonte, you can do that. You know what that car looks like. It, <laughs> people are like, that's the ugliest car I've ever seen. But I'm like, man, you can <laughs> tell what that car is if you're you know, miles away. And so with this uh, 21 Dex imaging car, you can just tell what it is. And to me, it's got uh, white numbers on the side, which it's a little bit easier to identify with the purple, silver, and black. And it's just a good looking race car. So I think that one's probably my favorite, but there are a lot of good paint schemes this year. And I'm, I'm very impressed with some of these. They look really good. 
I, I agree. There's a lot of good paint schemes. I got to give credit to Trackhouse. I think Trackhouse, both of their cars are great. And one of their cars is my favorite paint scheme. I'm going to pick the 99 car, Daniel Suarez, throwback to Ricky Rudd. When I look at a throwback paint scheme, the main things I like to see is when the sponsors match the same as they did with the original car. Ricky Rudd's 26 car with the Quaker State uh, paint scheme. This car on track, like a green car, it, you don't always see good looking green cars, but I think this green car looks really good. And and I like how matches the same sponsorship. So I, I really like this car. My dad is also his favorite driver growing up was Ricky Rudd. So a little bit of that, but I, I really like the paint scheme. And when number fonts and either the numbers or the, the uh, sponsor matches the same, that's that's when I like a throwback paint scheme. So I really like this one. But I think a lot of teams did, did really good with their paint schemes. Uh, like you said, the 24 car looks good. Uh, the 21 car looks really good. You don't, you don't see like pink or purple cars uh, that, that look really good all the time. I think the 22 Joey Logano's car looks really good, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of solid paint schemes throughout all three series. And, uh, yeah, but I think Daniel Suarez, in my opinion, is, uh, his throwback to Ricky Rudd is my favorite. I like that one a lot. That, that was kind of my, you know, one B pick. I, I had, I, I like that one, but I also like, uh, my mom is a big Del Jarrett fan. And so these, uh, the worldwide express, uh, one of Ross Chastain and then the 47, I think it's a country croc car that Ricky Stenthouse is going to drive. There's a ton of really good paint schemes this year. So, you know, if you're going to watch this weekend, you know, pick your favorite one, let us know what it is. I mean, there's a lot to choose from. Yeah, I agree. And, and now that we've picked our paint schemes, I think it's a good time to pick who we think's going to win at Darlington. We've been pretty solid here yeah. lately. I mean, we've both been doing pretty good. Um, gosh, I don't know. I'm not going to pick a Ford cause I already kind of mm -hmm. sowed that seed down the line. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to actually pick William Byron. I think he gets it done this year. He ran there really, really good in the spring race last year. And if Joey Logano had not have wrecked him, I think he would have held him off and won the race. So I want to pick the 24 of William Byron. That that's a good pick. Uh, William Byron's been really, really good this year. Was really good at, at Darlington last year. This one, I I like Kyle Larson. I I like Ross Chastain. I don't want to double up on Tyler Reddick, but I have a feeling he'll do solid. Um, it's this this race. I really like Ross Chastain. I don't know. He I think last year the spring race, Ross Chastain had the fastest car. I think he was a little bit too aggressive. Ended up ending his day, but. I just think this track is really Ross Chastain style. Something about it, uh, high speeds, got to be close to the wall, got to have a lot of car uh, control, and he, you got to be a little bit aggressive to pass here. So I think Ross Chastain's going to get it done at Darlington. So as we get a throwback weekend at Darlington, thanks, David, for joining me. I'm JC Fickenshire, and thanks for stopping by the garage. <laughs>